You're listening to Wisdom of the Ages, the show that taps into the many expressions of universal, ancestral and personal wisdom to ignite evolutionary consciousness. Welcome and blessings. This is Anne Kate Sullivan, host of Wisdom of the Ages, and I'm also the author of the Legends of the Grail series for those who seek inner wholeness. And we're actually going to have someone who's a bit of a bard on the on the podcast today, so that will be fun. I'm also the author of the Sparkle series for children, and this is this is a series that helps us remember our inner light. I'm the host of another podcast I want you to go check out too. It's called Messages of Infinite Light. And on that particular podcast, we're exploring solutions for an evolving humanity. So you can check out all my books and messages uh, and you can sign up for my newsletter on ankatesullivan.com and infinitelightpublishing.com. I think it's really important right now that we that we connect, that all of us are in touch, that we support each other in global awakenings. Let's do this. So I have a treat for you today. My guests are Pio Orlin and Cullen Baird-Smith. They're interstellar communicators. Now, before I bring them on, I want you to consider the fact that we live in a multidimensional and holographic universe. So years ago, when my spiritual awakening was just beginning, I was trying, without a lot, a lot of success, actually, it was difficult. I'm trying to be normal as teaching at university and the spiritual teacher I was working with suggested that I do a series of past life regressions. And uh, I went along with that. So I spent the entire day off planet exploring my many inter- interterrestrial lifetimes. That was kind of mind blowing for me uh, because I had, when I finished, I had to realize, or I did realize that the universe is alive, that when we lay down at night and we look at the stars, everything is sentient. So it took me a little while to, uh, I had to put my feet on the ground and walk in nature for a while and integrate. So it's a really good thing to do when, when we feel blown wide open is to go back to nature and get our roots and then feel the stars. So my understanding of the Palladians is that they're very advanced, loving souls who are supportive of humanity's ongoing awakening, the very beautiful, loving energies. And, you know, when we compare, when we have an experience, when we touch that energy, and then we come back in, part of what happens is we realize how barbaric our human tribe has been. So, I mean, we just look at slaughterhouses and the horrible things we do to animals and our wars and viruses and crimes against humanity. And, you know, I think the point of that comparison is that we realize we need to choose again. And, you know, awakening requires that we see what's taking place. Our hearts might even feel broken for a bit, but it's at that point, at that place of the opening that we we become aware of the sentient universe. We become aware that we can choose how we live here. We can live in unity and love. We can actually do this. So let me tell you about my guests today. Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith have been interstellar communications for many years. So Pia Orlean has a PhD in psychology and is a respected intuitive astrologer, author, and channel. Her partner, Colin Baird-Smith, is an empathic, intuitive, visionary, and interstellar communicator. He's also in touch with Pan's kingdom. I asked if he was a bard. He said, well, might have a bit of that going on, so maybe we'll find out more about that. So I would love to hear uh, more about his gardens and how he works with the David kingdoms also. So together, Pia and Colin communicate messages of love like the beautiful lark, like the beautiful bird, uh, the the beings they are in touch with, um, the Palladian star beings. I guess it's a collective. Are called are called lark ma, like the bird and the mother lark ma. So they call this emerging of energies, and together they bring forth messages of love hope and peace. They've written a lot of books. They've created a very interesting astrological energy calendar. And they recently did something I'm very excited about. I can't wait to get a copy. They they have published the Palladian energy oracle cards. 
And all these cards, just from what I can see from this, these glimpses, these are new, but they're infused with encoded messages designed to help humanity awaken and evolve. So you can go over to larkma.com and order your book and your, your books and your um, any, they have a whole bunch of things on that site. And you can also get your Oracle cards. Now, I think what happens when we use cards is that it can help us open our intuition and establish more direct knowing. So anyway, I've gone on for a bit. When we come back from the short break, we're going to talk more about the messages for an awakening humanity. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the programs tab to get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wisdom of the Ages. Remember, if you love this, you can find many more episodes on superpowerexperts.com slash wisdom of the ages. Today, we're speaking with brilliant guests, Pia and Cullen. Hello, hello. Hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. Delighted to be with you today. We've looked forward. We've looked forward to speaking with you since the day we met you. So this is going to be a great conversation. I really, I really, really look forward to what's going to unfold here. It just seems like there's so much going on. So, okay, so tell me about these cards. I want to know about the oracle cards, how they came about, the messages. Go ahead. The Pleiadian group that we work with has been asking us to write books and create calendars for years. We've been working with them for almost two decades. And Cullen came up with the brilliant idea that it might be more helpful to have people be able to get an answer to something that is really troubling them right now, rather than having to go dig in a book or, you know, read something else to get their vibration up, to be able to have something in hand that they could access immediately. And this is the cover of the deck, Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle Cards. We're, unfortunately, to- we're audio only. So let, let me just describe, show it to me again. Okay. Okay, so we have this beautiful, the original Palladian Wisdom Oracle cards, and in the middle, you have a heart that is bursting open with light, and you see the red on the inside and pink on the outside. It looks just beautiful. We bring wisdom from the stars, I believe. It's it's fantastic. Well, we've been writing books as you said a moment ago, for years, and we've been lecturing worldwide. And we felt that there was something that could be more immediate, that that people could pick up, even if they only have a, a tiny amount of time, that they could use these cards for seeking wisdom, seeking answers, just just being with the energy. The cards are absolutely infused and encoded with Pleiadian wisdom and love. When when we pick up the deck, we can feel the vibration of of that energy. So I wanted to do this deck years and years ago, and we just have been so busy with other projects and other, other things we've been doing that we just didn't do it. And a little over a year ago, I just said, it's time. We need to do this. And... We were fortunate enough to find an artist that we absolutely clicked with. We just loved his energy and his artwork is out of this world. And it matches the wisdom that's in each Oracle card answer that people can use to find solutions to whatever they're looking for, whatever guidance they need in the moment. So we decided that that he was the right artist and we started communicating with him and it was a an amazing birth process because we knew what we wanted he was able to visually absolutely combine his skills and his artistic talent with the information that we want to bring forward so it was a absolute beautiful collaboration that's amazing so what what's his name daniel holman had you worked with him before? No, no, no. We saw we saw his artwork and we just thought we have to talk to this person. And we we 
got the courage up one day just to call him. I mean, we just did a cold call and said, hi, we love your work. Would you be interested in working with us? And he said, yes. And it's just been an, an ongoing process ever since. That's really powerful. I, I've had some experience working with and several illustrators, but the one I work with most is Velcro Ducre. She does my children's books. And it's, I found it really interesting because I'll have a story come through or I'll have a dream about a story that I'm working on and I'll call Belle and she'll say, oh, does it look anything like this? She'll have already drawn it, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know how this works, but it's really interesting. So what is this uh, creative merger? Tell me more about this. I'm, I'm really curious about your perspective. I think the creative merger is the urge for unity that we're all, we're all experiencing. We're beginning to understand that we are more powerful together following whatever path we need to follow for our own individual and collective awakening. So I think unity energy is really part of boosting create, creative ideas and creative synchronizations. Well, yeah, I think I think synchronicity is absolutely coming to the fore at this point in our evolutionary development. As you just said, your graphic artist, your illustrator was already tuned in to what you needed. And that that is an absolute experience of unity consciousness. That That is showing us how connected we are, how, how what, when one person has a thought, it is transmitted to someone else and they are able to add their energy, their gifts, their talents to the original idea. And it gives me goosebumps just talking to you about this because this is happening more and more. We're finding that the synchronicities are happening not on a daily basis, but on a moment by moment every hour basis, things are just showing up that are amazing people. I mean, people who have never believed in intuition or synchronous moments are really looking at these things and going, wow, this is really happening. It's so true, isn't it? I was thinking in the 80s when I was hanging out with my spiritual teacher in, in England, we were up at Findhorn and Orosoma and tra traveling around the UK finding uh, King Arthur relics and um, going over to Ireland. I mean, there were a few people there at the time. It was a very few strange people that were out doing this. And I think people thought we were a little unusual. And but I I mean, I was just caught by it. It was like as soon as I, I had an ex I think the experience of how Chaliswell really blew me open. And I just wanted to know more and more and more. And and um What's interesting is that then there was a there'd be a little room and there'd be three or four people in it. Now it seems like hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, 25 million people on the Superpower Up network indicates that there's an awakening going on. Do you have any sense of how this awakening is happening? Are you experiencing something similar? What's your view? Well, go ahead. We do have we do have the insight from our interstellar friends that there are many many beings from other dimensions, other realms, other kingdoms. Whether it's Pan's kingdom, the angelic kingdom, the interdimensional interstellar beings, they're all standing by and beaming energy to us to help us reawaken and remember who we are. This is the time for us collectively to make a huge evolutionary leap. It's a very exciting time to be on the planet. This, this experience that we're having collectively apparently has never occurred before for humanity. The energies that are available, the, the beings that Pia just described are really wishing and wanting to be of service. And of course, there have always been helpers. There, there have been helpers. Every historic situation, um, my field of, of study was anthropology and archaeology. So I'm really interested in, in other civilizations, ancient, ancient, very technological and advanced civilizations that were here on Earth many, many, many years ago. Each of those epochs or each of those timelines there were always helpers. There were always people from, from other realms, other dimensions helping. But for some reason, right now is the time 
for more and more people to become involved. And I think more people are waking up because of all of the help that's available. We've done so much damage to this planet. People don't like to talk about this. They don't like to hear about this, but I think it's worthwhile speaking about it briefly. We have done so much damage. We have added so much toxicity, so much negative energy to this beautiful planet of ours. And many of the beings from other realms have retracted their help and their energy over the past three or 400 years, mimicking or matching our industrial revolution because we stepped away from nature and we put all of our energy into science and technology. Now, so many people are waking up, so many people are developing. All of these other beings are saying, this is our time to come back. This is our time to be of service. We are going to reconnect with humanity. And that's exactly what's happening right now. I really feel, I feel that. And you know, what's interesting. I went to an edible uh, nursery the other day. It's a garden center. <laughs> And, and they have uh, in this area, pawpaw trees or, or one of the native trees that the bears, you know, the bears eat the fruit and I, I, we can eat the fruit too. Um, and there are also, there's 75 different native trees here. Now, what was interesting is during the pandemic, nobody, you know, people couldn't gather any other way, but they were all going to the nursery. And so people have been planting trees like crazy, which I think is really fun and enjoying it and learning from it and staying sane doing that. So it does feel that there's a, somehow a, um, a movement, a return to the land, and maybe Fendhorn will grow uh, larger, you know, but is, is um, do you want to say anything about, I know you have written about Pan and, and the Devas and the Elementals. I think this is very important. Is there anything you want to share about it? Well, the natural world is not something we view as a separate entity. We are nature. We are part of the natural world. And as I said a moment ago, we unfortunately have stepped away from that association. Most people only understand nature if they take a week off per year from their jobs and they go to a national park for a week and they think that is their connection with nature. That's not enough. We have to be involved with nature every single day. And that could be as small an experience of simply buying a plant and bringing it home and putting it in the house and having it there every day that we can look at, talk to, touch. We need to reclaim our part of nature. And it, it's a tremendous regenerator. It's a tremendous way of realizing who we really are and what's truly important to us. In, in my case, when I was seven years old, I woke up one morning and all these beings were around me and they said, we want to help you grow something. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, we want to help you grow a garden that's like no other garden. We want you to immerse yourself in the energy of the plants and we will help you do that. We will be an interface with the plant energy the plant kingdom, and your energy. And I didn't, I mean, I was seven years old. I, I was like, okay, let's do this. So I, I went to my parents and said, look, guys, um, I was a very verbal little guy. And I said, I need to go to a garden center. I think in those days, this was a long time ago. I think we called it, um, uh, maybe just it was a garden center. I, I don't really remember. But I said, let's take the station wagon because I'm going to need a lot of room. And I went through this entire building and all the outside parts of this building. And I just said, I need this. I need this. I need this. And my parents' eyes just got wider and wider. The great thing about my parents was they were totally supportive of anything I wanted to do. They said, if you have an idea, if this is a dream, we'll help you with it. And boy, did they. We filled this huge old woody station wagon, this old 1940s, huge, huge vehicle with every seed I could find, twine, stakes, um, natural fertilizers. I mean, 
everything. The man that owned this place was like a gnome. He was this crippled, bent over old gentleman. I think he was English. He was like Gandalf. He was so wise. He was so special. And he walked around with me and he said, yes, yes, this will do. Yes, yes, this will do. And I, I bought everything I could buy, hoses, everything. We got home and the property we lived on was, was a pretty big piece of land. And a swimming pool was supposed to have been built this particular summer that this happened to me. All of my siblings were like waiting. When is the pool going to be put in? When is the pool going to be put in? And my parents had to say, well, guess what, kids? Your brother is going to take this space and build a garden. And man, were they upset. So the next day, I planned this huge garden. It was like a quarter of an acre. I'm this little tiny kid. And within days after planting, everything started coming up out of the ground. And I began talking and communicating with these beings. And I didn't have the word Davic kingdom at that point, but I knew that they were helping me do what I was doing. And within weeks, this garden became the lushest, most amazing, colorful place. And the important part here is that each vegetable and each fruit grew to about 10 times its size. And my parents said, well, you know, they look like they're overgrown. They're probably not going to be succulent or sweet. And I said, no, no, they're not ready yet. Just wait. And when I started harvesting, everything in its huge size was as sweet, tender as a normal sized piece of vegetable or fruit. And I had the time of my life. It, it, was, it was an amazing communication. And that's when I started my relationship with Pan and, and the natural kingdom. So it's a long story, but it, it was like a Findhorn garden a decade before Findhorn even began. We have lots of stories that we can share with your listeners about dealing with Pan's kingdom. Two that come to mind for me have to do with talking directly with the plants or the trees that happened to me. I have jasmine planted around our house and I water them in the summertime. And one day I was out watering and I finished one side of the house and went to the other side of the house. And one of the jasmine said to me very clearly, you missed one of us on the other side. And I went, what? <laughs> okay. And I went back around and sure enough, I had missed one on the other side. Another time I was at a conference and I was out walking during one of the breaks and this beautiful blooming tree in full bloom. I don't remember what kind it was at the moment, but blossoms everywhere. And it was just gorgeous. And I stopped under the tree and I said out loud, you are so beautiful. And the tree said back to me, so are you. And I, <laughs> I love it. I think we can all do this. We just have to fine tune our listening skills and learn to listen more. Well, and, and we also need to slow down because humanity is so sped up that, that we don't take the time, as Pia said, to listen or just to be quiet enough. The voices are there. They want to communicate. We're just buzzing around at the rate where we can't hear anything subtle. We can't hear anything minute unless we slow down give these energies the time they need to be able to communicate with us. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I don't know how much time we can spend on each idea, but here's a story that I just love. We were on a tropical island, I don't know, a dozen years ago, and we went to a nature center, hmm. and we went into an orchid pavilion, pavilion yeah. and we were walking along, and we noticed this one orchid was turning as, as we came close to it, it turned its bloom towards us. And we looked at each other and asked each other, did you see that? And we both said, yes. We backstepped directly in front of it. And we had a conversation that must have lasted 45 minutes. And every time we tried to leave, the bloom moved, the green leaves and the bloom itself moved closer and closer to us as we removed ourselves. We kept coming back because we didn't want to interrupt that conversation. It was an incredible interspecies communication. That's so beautiful. It really is. I, 
I remember years ago when I was in England, um, my my spiritual teacher, who's crossed on now, but her name was Dottie Hook. And I asked her if trees spoke. And she said, oh, of course they do, dear, but it's it's energy and color. And sometimes you'll hear them. So we went out, we went out and she had me open my chakras and stand in front of a tree and then get the, the light of my heart to the tree. She goes, just see what happens. So I'm standing there and I'm checking it out, give this little, little tree a, uh, I think it was like a little, a little oak tree. And so I'm giving, giving it the energy of my heart. And then all of a sudden I just felt this whoosh of love come from the tree. I was like, Oh, now we're in, now we're in communication with each other. And it wasn't so much that I heard it. It was that I felt the love, you know, it later, Later, I asked some trees why um, why they don't why don't we you know why is it that we don't do this all the time just have this this energy exchange and they said um, well people just stopped asking mm-hmm. and so that time I heard it I heard I heard the tree so I went into the Bach flower uh, actually Dottie had worked with um, the fellow that made the rescue remedy and the Bach flower remedies mm-hmm. batch so they was batch it. And, um, and so she taught me to make the flower essences and that's, you know, when you, when you start to work on those very subtle levels, then you really enter that, that living kingdom. So what I was really aware of at that time, and of course, this is mind blowing when these things happen and you realize that we live in this sentient universe and, and that we're so loved and that we're eternal, things start to change and, Oh, I, uh, Dottie was explaining to me that we were here to be um, stewards of this earth, but we could only really be stewards of the earth if we remembered our starry origins. Ah. So, <laughs> right? so it might be a great time to talk about Larkma and how these beings came to you. That's a very interesting story. We were celebrating Cullen's birthday with a special meal that I had made for him. And we lived high in the mountains where we had no outside communication with anybody except a shortwave radio. And during dinner at a specific time, the shortwave radio turned itself on. And we looked at each other and said, did you leave that on? No, we didn't. Looked at the clock and it was exactly the hour and minute of Cullen's birth. And we thought, that's odd. So we got up and went into the other room, adjoining room, and turned it off. And for the next week or 10 days, it happened every day at the same time. We even unplugged the radio, and it still happened at the same time. <laughs> at that point, we knew something was up. <laughs> we, we, we even moved the shortwave radio from room to room. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter where it was. It didn't matter whether it was plugged in or not. It turned itself on exactly at my birth time. So after about two weeks, we we were baffled. We were we were mesmerized, intrigued at sitting in front of it, waiting actually for it to turn itself on. And finally, we I guess we got the courage up to say, "Well, who are you? What do you want? And can we be of service to you?" And we started getting messages. Talk about synchronicity. We each got the exact identical message at the exact same moment, word for word. But they weren't verbal. We were getting them. um, When people talk about getting a message or a download in their head, it's not something you hear. It's something you know. Yeah. And we got got these identical verbatim messages, and we would repeat what we heard in the other of us would say exactly the same thing. Well, after we received these messages for another week or two, we actually began to speak what they were communicating to us. One of the one of the rules for our engagement with this loving group of beings is that Colin and I have to be touching at the time the messages come through. They will not come through me alone. They will not come through Cullen alone. They come through us when we are touching and our energy are joined. And they explain to us that the reason for that is that we cancel out any filterization the other one might have with belief systems or thoughts or anything that could interfere with the message. 
which is pretty unique and really, really wonderful. And we enjoy it. Well, what, what Pia is explaining is the information or the wisdom that comes through us from Larkma is totally unfiltered. It's not biased by our opinions or our feelings because, and this is going to sound really funny, but Pia and I are <laughs> diametrically opposite in every way. Our makeup is so absolutely different, except for two or three things. Our understanding of love, our understanding of, of the worldview, the universal view. Service. Service is exactly the same. We share all of those in, in common. But if you ask each other, if we ask each other, what do you want for dinner? It'll be completely different for, between us. Anything, where do you want to go for vacation? Doesn't matter the question. We will come at it from completely different perspectives always. So Larkma explained to us the reason we chose the two of you is partially because of your absolute diametric differences, but we also wanted to join the divine male and the divine female, except I should reverse that. We wanted to join the divine feminine and the divine masculine together in order to have a purer, completely accurate way of bringing our wisdom to humanity. So they said, this is a purposeful choice. We, we chose you on purpose. This is not a, an accidental, oh, we'll choose a couple of humans. Apparently, they did some research, <laughs> and they really looked at us, and they said, you're the ones we want to be our ambassadors. And that's that's how it all happened. So they asked us, would we consider writing books for them, giving presentations for them? And we paused for about two or three seconds and said, yes. And that entire that entailed telling my psychological community that I was now hearing voices. Haha. Uh -huh. For a clinical <laughs> for a clinical psychologist, for someone to tell her colleagues that that was happening, that's a big jump. But they were actually very supportive group, and they they completely accepted what I was doing, stepping away from my psychology career and beginning to do this other phase of human evolution work. And in fact, some of my professors from my PhD program invited Cullen and me to come and bring this energy to the university. They wanted to hear it. So we had a great introduction <laughs> and, and, to being able to do this. And, and actually, one of, one of those occasions, one of Pia's favorite, uh, I don't know if he was a mentor or a... Or Professor, a, mentor, yeah. friend. Absolutely not skeptical. An open-hearted man. He's really a keen guy. Um, he had an, a little agenda. He, he invited us to speak because he wanted to test. He's not, a, he's not a hard scientist, but he wanted to test to see if this was really real, what was coming through us. And during the presentation, he said, may I ask a question of, of your Pleiadian friends? And we said, of course, you may ask anything you want. And he said, I have something missing that I can't find that's extremely important to me. Can you help me do this? And they were quiet for a moment. And they said, go into your bedroom closet, pick up the green sweater you haven't worn for years, put your hand in the pocket and you will find what you desire. He got up from, he got up from the table where we were sitting, went into his bedroom, got the sweater. He found the key that he hadn't been able to find for year after year after year. He came back smiling, maybe a little cowed and went, wow, I understand what's going on here. And then they published, they had people reviewing our books and publishing some psychological journals and promoting that this was a new level of human evolution. So we've been doing this work for a really, really long time now. We were working on human evolution long before we joined teams with our Pleiadian friends. But it's really important to us now to reach a larger audience because so many people are waking up. And that's one reason that Cullen came up with doing the Oracle cards, because they cover every category that people are interested in. They, they cover our connection to nature, which we've been talking about. They cover relationships. They cover healing so that we can rebalance and regain our health. They cover what is our life purpose? What's our mission? They cover our evolutionary journey, and they cover how do we manifest. Every card interweaves with guidance for all of the human things that we are interested in 
discovering and resolving as we begin to take the next steps. That's so beautiful. I, I, <laughs> the, if you hear a buzz, it's because the gardener has decided to, to <laughs> do some leaf blowing. I'm not in charge of this. Um, so I understand there are these different uh, categories and we've talked about nature. I think the relationship part is really important. One of the things that I really felt um, when I was touring, especially Ireland, you know, and when discovering these old mythologies, the old stories, uh, I understood that the goddess of sovereignty, the, the, the truly embodied feminine was the one who really bestowed kingship on a man who was ready and that together they could really rule. And when they came together, the land would flourish. And if you broke this apart, if you broke the union of the masculine and feminine apart, then you would experience the wasteland. Of course, we're in a bit of a wasteland <laughs> right now. And so coming together, learning to under, understand how to come together in love, how to have meaningful relationships, how to be able to trust each other and help each other evolve seems super important right now. We it, think it, so too. It, it is indeed. And what, what you're speaking about is really important because Unfortunately, the divine feminine has been, big word I'm going to use, desecrated, not believed in, not respected for far, far too long. And what, what has to happen in humanity on this planet at this time is there has to be a marriage. There has to be a melding of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, which have been separated for so, so long. And one of the things that, that our evolutionary work is all about, I don't mean ours, P and Cullen, I mean humanity, is bringing that sacredness, bringing, bringing that stability, bringing that that ability to create what you just mentioned, a, a complete magical life together, because without both of them intertwined, the balance has been lost. Mm -hmm. And we need to create that balance once again. The earth used to be balanced. The earth and its people worked so closely together. Um, there's so many ancient myths that are actually not myths. They're true mm -hmm. about what people in ancient cultures were able to achieve through their wisdom and knowledge of nature. And the British Isles, you've talked, you've talked about England and Ireland. P and I have spent a tremendous amount of time in, in all of the British countries We've been to so many sacred sites. We've had so many experiences with so many beings. And that magic, from our perspective, is more alive in the British Isles than almost anywhere else on Earth, from our experience and our perspective. And we need that to re-spread itself worldwide. We need that magic. We need that, that deep, deep understanding of plant wisdom, of tree knowledge, it all needs to come back into balance. And luckily, there are a number of people interested in it now that it's happening. It's at truly actually happening. I feel that's really true. Definitely true. The, the, I love, I had, I fell in love with the Druids and the, the Oam, the, the ancient language of the trees right. and, um, uh, working with the, the order of uh, bards of its and druids, they really encourage people in each country to come up with their own oam because it's a way that you can begin to learn your trees. Like what are your native trees? What are your native grasses? And also what are your survival plants? Like I didn't know, like there's certain reeds you can, you can eat them all year long and never go hungry, you know? So, and there are nuts, there are all sorts of things the native People living in Virginia would have plenty of food all year because they knew what roots to eat. They knew what leaves to gather. They knew what, you know, they, they, they knew the forest and, and somehow, I don't know how this happened. I guess world war two, I don't know what it is exactly how we went into this monocrop 
disaster. Mm -hmm. And um, so, like you said, I think if people just, even if you start with one plant or you grow your own herbs that you put in your salad or you, or you, you do as Colin did, you, you just create your own magnificent garden this is such a healthy step. So the other part of your cards, of course, is healing. Now healing has taken a bad rap too. <laughs> we went, we've gone this chemical direction where you, you have, you know, everything's meant to be treated with a, yeah, with a chemical, we'll just put it that way. And we've forgotten that um, it's not so much about germ theory. It's about terrain theory. You know, it's, it's, if we have healthy bodies, we can handle a lot. We can heal do you want to say anything about healing? Well, Larkma's second book in their Wisdom from the Stars trilogy is called, the subtitle of that book, the title is Remembering Who We Are. The subtitle is Healing the Human Condition. And I think true healing has to incorporate spiritual healing, emotional healing, mental healing from our belief systems, and physical healing. And we live in a very compartmentalized society that looks at what's the symptom, what's what can we do about that symptom without looking at the whole picture. And I think that's part of the problem with why healing has gone amok is because we're not looking at the whole connection of what needs to be rebalanced. The other thing that Larkma tells us is that each of us has healing abilities within us. We can only heal ourselves. We cannot heal anybody else. And immediately when people start waking up, they want to be a healer. Larkma says they, they kind of chuckle and they go, yes, yes, be a healer. You're waking up to that level, but you're not special. Everybody can be a healer. Everybody is a healer. And so that's one thing they're trying to help people reawaken is to remember how to heal whatever is out of balance within each person, whether it's a relationship, a physical condition, a belief system, doesn't matter. If it's out of balance, it needs healing. We once, we once knew how to be whole. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we've lost that sense about the wholeness of who we are, which takes us back to the connection with nature. You, you mentioned plants growing in certain places. P and I realized in our world travels that there are plants specifically growing in each region of the world that are specific for helping to heal the people in that region. And some plants don't grow in other regions because the energy of the people in that place know that they can rely on a natural remedy where they live. Mm -hmm. And it, it's amazing. It, it's just amazing how intelligent Gaia is and how everything used to work absolutely in balance, absolutely in synchronicity. And because we've stepped away from nature, and P and I talk about this a lot, obviously, we're talking about it a lot today with you. Nature is the magic ingredient. Nature is our essence. And you mentioned something, Anne, about also being from the stars. And one of the things that Larkma is trying to help humanity understand is, yes, we are here, we are terrestrial beings on this planet, but we're also made up of the stars. We are, we are the essence of the stars combined with this earthly part of who we are. And that connection is huge. I mean, you talked about this, I think before we went live, we were talking a little bit with you about just looking at the night sky. It, it's alive, we're part of it. We are it and it is us. One of the things that's interesting to Cullen and me that we speak about sometimes in this developmental journey we're on is that in recognizing that we're apart from the stars, you think about the energy as being waves. Everything in the universe is waves. It moves in waves. And then you think about what our bodies here on earth are made of. And we're made of 95, 96, 85, depending on our age, percent water. Water also is in waves. So there's a real synchronistic melding of stars and earth by recognizing that we are wave beings. And that's one thing that LARPA likes to emphasize when they talk to people is you are a wave being. Never be so stuck 
and feeling like you are rigid and you can't change. You're flexible. You are a wave being. You can change at any moment through your choice. That's beautiful. I remember years ago finding a story of the Welsh goddess Erinrud, um, who used to. She has her silver wheel, and she would she would sing to the stars, and the the stars would sing to the earth, and that's how everything kept spinning. So that's how light. So we would learn to interweave with life. And one of the things I, you know, speaking of the birds uh, in that Celtic world, they were really interested in the, in watching the birds and what the birds were singing and listening to it and how the songs of the birds mimicked the songs of the stars. Hmm. Did you want to say anything about the lark or? <laughs> the, the symbol is, go ahead, Pia, the, the symbolism. The symbolism of the lark is it's the, the message, the bird that brings the spiritual message. Its song is about the essence of spirit, which we find very interesting. We didn't know that until years after Larkma had said, you can call us Larkma. And years after that, somebody sent us information about the lark. And we put the two together and got, went, why didn't we know that? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Bird song is one of the most uplifting sounds or vibrations on this planet for, for humanity. Everybody loves to hear bird song. It uplifts us. It, it puts us in, in a higher vibratory place. It's amazing. So there has to be a connection between the the wisdom or the energy of the bird kingdom and our vibration and how they can uplift us even even if someone's in a bad mood even if someone's having a bad hair day if they hear bird song it changes their energy it does every single time what a gift what a gift and once again it's a gift from nature hey, i have a, a funny bird story <laughs> It was actually really sweet, but my daughter absolutely loved birds. She loves birds. So she's got chickens and ducks and all sorts of birds. And, and uh, I, last time I went to see her, uh, she had decided to put all these duck eggs under a incubator and hatch them all out. So I, <laughs> the night I get there, they're all hatching and, and that was fun. And the, finally there are like three eggs left. And this, this has been going on for four days and I'm like, well, okay, we probably should let these go, you know? So I pick one up and I pick another one up and pick up the third one. And there's this little peck. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this one's having trouble getting out. And it, I sat there and held it for a while. And then my intuition starts kicking in. It's like, you have to let this one come out. So I'm trying to figure out if I was a duck, how I would get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been watching the other ones who would peck in a circle and then they would come out. So I just very carefully helped him peck and he couldn't, he couldn't do the circles. Anyway, eventually we called him lucky because lucky was just born into my hands. And I was like, Oh, I'm a duck midwife. I love it. I just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I just loved this little duck, you know? And so anyway, so I spent a lot of time with it and, um, and they bond, you know, they do bond with who helps them come into the world. Anyway, he, he, He's he's a special duck. He can't see all that well, but he follows the the flock around, so he's fine. And it was time for me to leave California, come back to Virginia. And when I left, Lucky Ducky collapsed, and they went, "Oh no, he's going to die!" He's like his little feet came up, and they wouldn't move. And um, we had a, a duck vet came out who was he said he's missing his mama. <laughs> wow. So I was like, what do we do? And, and um, Rhea, who, tend, who helps tend the ducks, said, why don't we play her podcast? We'll play her podcast for Lucky Ducky. So they started playing the podcast. They did four podcasts. At the end of it, Lucky Ducky got up and went and got back in the pond and he's fine. Wow. <laughs> wow that's great. That, that is a fantastic that's a story. wonderful story. <laughs> and and once, again, once again, Anne, that brings us back to unity. I mean, the the energy of one being being so connected to another being it it's it's fantastic i mean it's that's what life is all about it is. one of the principles that larkma likes to instill 
in our human evolutionary program is this, what's called Enlakesh. It's a Mayan word that means I am another yourself. And generally, they use that term to talk about humans and, and stop judging each other and, and start loving each other. But the story you just told is also about Enlakesh, that you and the duck were connected. You and the duck were in oneness in the, in the relationship. It's a beautiful story. We're so interwoven. It's, you know, I guess this is the awakening. And once we realize, like, we have that moment with the tree where it's like the tree's giving you love, like, we're probably not going to cut down a lot of trees, right? When we have this connection with the duck, I, you know, I have a whole different respect for the, for the avian kingdom, you know, so... And so as, as this multidimensional universe comes online and we realize it's much more holographic, I think this is when we just start making different choices because we have to, you can't live in a way you can't hurt each other anymore. It just doesn't just, you can't do it. Like I, I notice how much my relationship with my, my beloved, I also have a, my, my beloved husband who's so wonderful. And I know that when we're together, I call him my King, you know, when we were together, he's Irish. <laughs> so, you know, he's one of these Moonster Kings and I'm, you know, can embody Maeve sometimes anyway. So when we come together, we're like, we're really helping the land flourish, but the, that's because the land is speaking to us also and, and the stars and the guardians and the many, many beings in this world that support life here. So, so you also work with manifestation in your cards. Um, you know, I know people are worried about the economy and all of this right now. So this is something else that we can uh, bring up is like, what do you feel true abundance is? What, as we're going forward, what does the financial system look like? Do you feel, um, how, how can we thrive together? Well, that's a great topic. Um, we could we could speak on that issue for hours. Um, our our understanding of true abundance is certainly not simply about money or wealth. Our our understanding of abundance is abundance of everything: abundance of love, abundance of joy, abundance of friendship, abundance of connection. Um, pe- people abundance on all levels. If we Go ahead. Well, if 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 people would stop focusing on only the monetary side of abundance, they would find that they probably have much more in their lives than they realize because people want to have the perfect house, the perfect car, the perfect job, whatever it is, the perfect vacation, and they think they truly believe that it takes financial abundance to create those things that they wish to have. And that's simply not true. We can create a different understanding of abundance about appreciating and being thankful for what we do have. One of the, one of the messages on one of the cards that's in, in the manifestation section of the deck says, through absolute unconditional love, you can manifest anything. Now, that's not about a belief system that, okay, I'm going to love this pickup truck and I'm going to manifest that it's going to come here because I'm really loving it. It's about being so full of love that there's no sense of lack. There's absolutely no sense of lack. You've got a grateful heart. You feel grateful for everything you've got. And you're just, uh, unconditional love is flowing out of you. And when you attain that level, things just come to you. They just come because you're in the flow with manifestation. And that's one of the principles that Lark was trying to help people understand. Yeah, I, I do feel this. I remember a very distinct moment when, um, and this was more, uh, my world as an author and writer, but I would try to write books <laughs> and I would stumble a lot and, and, and hit um, writing blocks, all kinds of things. And then there was a certain time and it was after I had done quite a bit of spiritual work when I felt that what I was tapping, it wasn't my ego that was trying to create. It was actually true nature itself that wanted to create. Mm-hmm. And that was so easy. It just came. And so 17 books later, 
I, I realized that all I need to do is align with this, this force of life. I call it true nature, this force of life that is eternally creative. And then it just happens and everything that I need shows up. And I mean, that I also believe is this evolutionary step. And I have to uh, watch myself sometimes because if I, if I start to struggle, I go, oh, wait a second, let me go walk. Let me go get attuned. Okay. Let me remember to breathe, to be part of this living universe. And then it changes. So this has just been wonderful. I can keep going and going. I, um, you're beautiful people. Thank you so much for, for coming on with some of the ages. Is there a last message you would like to leave the listeners with? Well, I, I think because we're living in probably the most chaotic time that humanity has ever been through. We we are we are living in in a, a space that has so many challenges and so many confused and unresolved energies that that many people simply don't understand. They see them as challenges rather than opportunities. I think I think that the one of the most important things we can do right now is to keep our vibration as high as possible, because if we keep ourselves at that level of of being tuned into what's truly important, all of the peripheral things, whether whether it's finances, health, government, medicine, whatever whatever it is that doesn't seem to be working as well as it could, simply doesn't affect us as greatly if we keep our vibration up. Because if we are at a level where we know that we're okay and that we're going to get through whatever this is that, that we're living through, known or unknown, we're going to get to where we need to go. We are all going to get to the place where our evolutionary journey is taking us. We are more powerful than we even know. And if we can pay attention to what our thoughts are, what we're thinking, and send positive energy into whatever we're thinking, that's really a potent medicine for helping to correct everything that's out of balance. And we can do it together. We can change the world. And and you said something earlier about choice. This planet is unique. All societies in, in all of the galaxies do not all have choice where where they live, where they're evolving and what they're doing and how they're expanding. Choice here on this planet is a huge advantage. And we can choose the high road or we can choose the low road. If we choose the high road in any circumstance, we are going to utilize the highest energy for the highest good of all. If we choose the low road, we will continue to live in a selfish greedy, not so happy environment. So choice here is extremely important. And we always have the choice to do something else. We can work around whatever's going on, whatever's challenging us. We can work around that by simply making the highest choice possible in any given moment. That's so beautiful. My heart right now, by the way, feels like the image on your book (laughs) (laughs) This opened expansive heart. So thank you so much for that. And so if people want to have a intuitive reading with you, are you still doing that? Yes. Yes, we do that. I do intuitive readings. Cullen and I together connect people to LARCMA so they can talk to the Pleiadians directly. Uh, I do alternative health consultations because uh, that was my field of practice for a long time. And also astrological chart readings based on the Pleiadian Earth Energy System. So we offer a tremendous amount of things. People can find out about our services, about everything we offer, our books, our calendar on our websites. Um, The first website is LARCMA, L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A.com. And the other website is Pia, P-I-A, Orlean, O-R-L-E-A-N-E.com. And on both of those sites, you can find services and all the things we offer. Now, the card deck we've been talking about will be released into the public in June. So there is not information on the website yet, 
but join our newsletter on the website, on the homepage, on either site, and we'll send you an automatic notification when they're available. So we're speaking about June 2022 because this, this, um, yeah, it's, June. yeah it's evergreen. So it'll be up for a long time. So probably by the time it comes out, the cards will be here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It'll be perfect timing. We, we, we tried to do this earlier. It wouldn't work. And, and here we are. It's, doesn't it arrive? Everything arises at the perfect time if we allow it to. <laughs> it, do, it, do, it does indeed. It does. This has been a great conversation, Anne. We really appreciate having this time to share with you. Um, it, th- this was a really wonderful experience for us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. All right. And to all the listeners as well, many, many blessings. Stay free. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.